Whether you're in your smart car avoiding Hummers or you're in your house avoiding the J-Dubs, there's no avoiding us, The Drew Marshall Show, live through our website and right here on Joy 1250. I'm coming home, I've done my time. talked to a lot of people this week, and well, I did a little name dropping, to be honest. I, I said Tony Orlando's on our show this week, and every person I spoke with knew exactly who this gentleman was. We interviewed Tony for the first time about a couple of years ago, I think, 2006, and uh, our listeners, the feedback we got was that was one of the best interviews we've ever had. And so we thought, you know what, he's in Toronto. Let's get him back again. Tony Orlando. Hi, what a nice introduction, Drew. Thank you so much. And for those listeners who called you, what can I tell you? They must be over the age of 25, 30, or 40 or something. I don't know. I'll tell you what, it's a, it's a very funny thing. When I go to an airport, Drew, and I meet the person behind the counter who's like 23 or 24, 25, yeah. And I give him the. And I'm looking for an upgrade, and I think, well, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe God's giving me this little thing. Maybe we I can drop the name, and maybe it'll work to my advantage. So I walk up and I go, "Hi," and she goes, "Hello." I say, uh, <clears throat> "Excuse me, um, my name is Tony Orlando." Yes. Yes. <laughs> I go. Uh-oh. Yeah, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're in trouble, man. I'm in the real world. Yeah, Uh-oh. <laughs> that is such a humbling experience. Oh, it's a good one. Oh, yeah. It keeps you good and it keeps you right on track, I'll tell you. Hey, how was last night? It was your first night at Casino Rama? Let me tell you, Casino Rama, you know, I've been working here since Casino Rama was literally a tent. Back in the day. That's the truth. Yep. And, and every time I've come here... I must thank the people of Toronto and all the surrounding areas here in Canada, and because this is a pretty good drive from Toronto too. And we were just about close to sold out last night. I think this this room sits about four thousand people. Yeah. So you know, again, there'll be a big crowd tonight. I'm told. So all I can say is I'm blessed, and I thank God for it because the the, the you know Canada. I don't know if you know this, Drew, but there was a record company called Quality Records. And that record company, I don't even know if it's in existence anymore because I don't record much anymore. Uh, and most recording comes through downloading off the Internet anyway, unfortunately. <laughs> right. But, but, but um, uh, my career began uh, in uh, Hamilton, Ontario. Really? Yeah. And I, and I remember it, it started there at a, uh, there was a racetrack that I worked at. I had a record called Halfway to Paradise. I was 16 years old. And I am not kidding you, that record, Halfway to Paradise, 1961, began in this country and launched a career now that is 48 years. So I really began, even though the record was recorded in in New York with Carole King, she wrote it and produced it uh, with Don Kirsten and Jack Keller, 
but I, I that record she was 18 I was 16 and we were just kids and I think it was Carol's first hit as a writer Unbelievable. Yeah. So, indeed, at least in Canada, you are the most uh, loved Greek Rican. I'm a Greek Rican. There are not too many of us here, I'll tell you. <laughs> I've got a little uh, Filipino gal who's a co-host with me today. I, uh, Melinda, do you even know who, who Tony Orlando is? Uh, I, I do, Drew. I am 35, and I, <laughs> oh, okay. do, I do know him. Right. Uh, but I'd like you to sing one of his famous you can, songs. You can't ask our guest to sing. Melinda, sing. I, yes, I have Tony. something to share with you. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So, uh, uh, the, the president, your president, former president, I think now, um, her husband was, was, was killed by some terrorists on the tarmac. So that'd be Aquino. That'd probably be... Right. Yep. Yeah. And Aquino used Yellow Ribbon as her theme song and wore yellow throughout her entire administration. That's right. And it became literally an anthem for her and her administration during the years that she was president of, of the Philippines. Of the Philippines. Amazing. How did that make you feel? Well, you know, every time I've seen that song take on a position that it's taken on, whether it be in the Philippines or Canada or the, or the States or around the world in, in the States, and I, I know here... You rep the poppy represents a lot to do with the with the veterans, but uh, I, I know you used the yellow ribbon as a homecoming at one time, at least during Desert Storm. So, and uh, uh, it, it's for us in the states, for me to see a yellow ribbon on every base in the country and, and tied around uh, the front porches when the hostages were held in Iran for for 444 days, and the Desert Storm homecoming, and now those troops that are serving in. Afghanistan uh, in, in Iraq, uh, uh, the yellow ribbon has been a symbol of homecoming and hope, and so it's taken on many, many symbolic uh, uh, love symbols. Even when people are held, kidnapped, uh, uh, like um, Lacey Peterson. I don't know if you mm -hmm. remember that story, yes. but her her mom had uh, yellow ribbons until they found found her, unfortunately. But the yellow ribbon significant is a very significant uh, symbol for them too, and so. Um, you know, for me to be the guy who was the mailman who delivered the letter because I didn't write the song, I just sang it. It's humbling for me to see that happen for the last 35 years. It's become quite a, quite a part of the people's way of expressing their feelings for others. My wife keeps uh, going out to the front yard and, and tying yellow ribbons around the tree, hoping I'll, I'll disappear. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all, all right, it will take, Drew? Is that all it will take? Yeah, that's all. <laughs> hey, Drew, out of here. <laughs> now, listen, there's no way you can be proud of every version you've ever heard. I, 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 want your, I want your instant reaction to this, Tony. Have a little listen to this, okay? Okay, have a listen. Here we're, we're coming to it now. This is this is the champion here on YouTube, William Hung, American Idol of Fame. Here we go, everyone now. Oh man! Good. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You have no idea. When he cut that record, how many practical jokes were put on my answering machine? I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. I love that guy. You know, he was a sweet soul. 
Yeah. You know, the, one of the reasons I think people loved him was because he really believed in himself, and he wasn't cocky about it. He was just a sweetheart. I just, I just really liked him. I, I enjoyed that record. That made me very proud. His record and Frank Sinatra's version, my two favorite versions. Well, folks, we're on the phone with Tony Orlando, the one and only, and I gotta say right off the bat, I am very, very proud of you. One hundred and three pounds. Yeah, one hundred and ten. One hundred and ten? Yep. Uh -huh. I went from a fifty waist when I spoke to you in uh, uh was oh six, right? Yeah. So I went on this diet like at the uh right around the oh seven, middle of oh seven on that Nutrisystem diet and I lost one hundred and three pounds the first year. And I'm telling you the truth. People don't believe me, but I stuck to the diet, and I hate exercise. Oh, me so too. I me wasn't too. exercising a whole lot. And I'm not saying that proudly, no. but I can say that that diet worked. I'm not kidding you, because I'm 64 years old, and anybody out there that's my age knows. Uh, and Melinda, you're looking forward to this. You've got at least 35 more summers to go before you reach me. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, when you get to this age, losing weight, is not easy and it was very easy for me so I put Larry the cable guy on this diet <laughs> and he lost 51 pounds did he really he got her done got her done, got her done. Yes, yeah. he did. Nice. you know and uh, but you you probably had to back off of the uh, the Oreos didn't you well I backed off of those a long time ago did you yeah because they're to me an Oreo cookie to me is what uh, what heroin is or heroin act I really mean, Oh yeah, it's 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 when I see a a bag of Oreo cookies, I go into a sweat. <laughs> well, how does your dealer feel about that? The Oreo cookie lady who used to you she even gave you a plastic she one. She still comes and still gives me the plastic one and brings that I and I have to <laughs> I have to hold back myself. See cuz I used to take those those the Oreo cookies. I don't like the double thick ones. No, no me neither. Okay. No. But the regular ones I take and this is the truth. This is disgusting, really. I take three of them, oh, yeah. three of them, yeah. and I dump them in milk. But I got it down to a science where I just can squish it enough with my fingers to know it's not going to fall apart when it comes out of the milk. And then I put all three in the mouth. It's like an explosion, an explosion of phenomenalness in my mouth. And I go, oh, dear God, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God in heaven. You've given me all these wonderful things, but most importantly... The Oreo cookie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Tony! When I was living in California, I I fell asleep with an Oreo cookie in my mouth. No, it was, and I could. It, I woke up with the most disgusting taste in my mouth the next morning, and I couldn't eat Oreo cookies for like five years. What do you mean you? I just fell asleep. I was eating Oreo cookies. Well, you're lucky. So, you're alive. I know. How the heck did you do that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things I can't explain. From yeah, that's that's a long time ago. The books right there. Hey, listen, I I really want to know if like your 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 daughter is uh, 18 now, isn't she? 18. Yes, yeah, she's 17. Going to be 18. Going to be 18. August. Yeah. This is Jenny Rose. Yeah. See, I have a son who's 19, and he's looking for a quality girl. <laughs> the, last, <laughs> the last time we talked, you told me like my son read the Bible from front to to back yeah. before he was 14. Yeah. And you told me something about your daughter. Yeah, that you know she's going to this Christian school. She's just right. uh, just in love with the Lord. And Trinity she's, Christian Academy, yeah. in Hollister, Missouri. Yeah, she's walking around the house quoting scripture to you. To this day, absolutely. My daughter um, has a love for the Lord that's just unmeasurable. It it, it really is a blessing to see, hmm. and 
she doesn't flaunt it. It's not something that she walks around, throwing around and uses as a leverage. She just lives her life. She's really an amazing young lady. And, uh, yeah, she'll, 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 not only does she quote scripture to me, she ministers to me. Oh, man. I'm not kidding you. And, you know, sometimes the street guy will come out of me and she'll go, dear Lord. <laughs> she'll just start with, oh, father. <laughs> and she looks up at me and I go, oh, boy, I really blew it, didn't yeah. I? You know? Yeah, it, the, it's amazing the conviction that comes on you when your own kid, you know. You know, she got me started losing this weight, Melinda. And Drew, she, she, she got me, she was the one that came to me. Listen to the little courage on this young lady. A friend of hers, the reason I went on this diet wasn't even for myself or the show business thing or any of that. I was, I was already locked into the fact that I weighed 305, that I was a 50 waist, and that I was too old to lose the weight. I was this lot, that was it. That's it. I'm gonna be, I'm going out and I'm Jackie Gleason times two. That's it. <laughs> and, uh, my daughter comes to me and she goes, Dad, my friend and um, his father just went to the hospital with a heart attack and I'm really concerned about you. Oh. And I said, what? She goes, well, I'm, and don't be mad at me. I'm not trying to be rude or anything. She goes, but he wasn't even as heavy as you and they're saying that his heart attack was due to his weight. Wow. And I looked at her eyes, Drew, and, you know, when a father looks into a daughter's eyes and he sees worry, your instinct is to go to war. Yeah. And I looked at her and I said, Jenny, you if there's anything ever I'm going to do to prove to you how much I respect what you're saying and how much I love you is I'm going to lose this weight. Hmm. And I prayed and prayed. And all of a sudden I'm watching television and I see Dan Marino on television. Now, I know that Dan Marino, and I kind of know him, never puts his name on too many things. If you think about it, that's one football player you didn't see on sneakers and jackets and hats. And He's very, very, you know, on toothpaste, got a great smile, hmm. never sold himself too much. And here he is bragging that he lost 22 pounds for Nutrisystem. A football player. I'm going, this thing must have worked for him. So I called his office. And I'm told to call the Stacy uh, Mullins from uh, Nutrisystem. I called up. I said, you know, I was watching Dan Marino. If it works for him, she goes, I'll tell you what, I'll send you a month's supply and tell me if you can deal with it. She sent me a month's supply, and I was loving the food. And all of a sudden, I look like I lost 10 pounds. 10 pounds. Now, that first 10 pounds was probably water, hmm. not fat, I don't think. Because that was a lot of weight, that first 10 sure. pounds. Well, I got so excited. My daughter was so happy that uh, I, I, I just made, merely went, stuck with it and stayed with it. And my daughter, ever since, looks at me with this look in her eye now uh, with such pride. And I, I feel such pride in myself. And I feel it's probably the best act of love I did for her that, in turn, was the best act of love I did for myself. Good for you. Good for you. And that's how I, I mean, I started the whole thing by saying how proud I was of you, and I'm sure your daughter is quite proud as well. Now, now you're coming up to... I should talk a lot, don't I, Andrew? You what? I should talk a lot. I went all the way around that end to answer one little question. I took you, there's like 60 minutes already. But you're a great storyteller. You really are. Um, I, you know, I'm thinking about the fact that, that 65 is coming up here. Soon. Yeah. 
I'm and, excited. Well, I was going to ask you how you're feeling about that. Well, maybe I can be on the cover of ARP or something. <laughs> I'm, like, excited. I, I'm going to have my Social Security check come in. I'm going to have my 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 uh, medical thing going. Yeah. My Medicare. Yeah. I'm going to. I've earned my stripes, and I am still two years younger than Paul McCartney. And as long as I'm two years younger than Paul McCartney, I'll always be younger than a beetle. I'm happy. <laughs> I was going to say, I knew you were two years younger than Paul, and I've seen Paul lately, and I got to tell you, you look better than he does. Does he? I thought he looked good. He does look good, but compared to you, well, he's got all that money. <laughs> Not well. He doesn't have quite the amount that he used to have. <laughs> now, speaking of uh, of uh, not having all that money anymore, how's your wife? My wife. Well, because his wife kind of walked away with a whack of cash. So that was a that was a pathetic segue into how's your wife. <laughs> oh, that was pretty pathetic. That was, <laughs> I, I'm going to have to stop praying. Oh right man! Oh Father, please. <laughs> Whatever you do, next time, have him ask, ask a question a little bit differently. Yeah. You just scared the daylights out of me. I thought you knew something I didn't know. Oh, I said, man. I'm going to call home. Maybe Drew's called home and she left me or something. Oh, no, no. She, uh, are you kidding? My, my wife, I can tell you this, and I mean this sincerely. You know, I, I'm married twice. Mm -hmm. I'm married to Franny now. Going on 20 years, and I, I can tell you that, that my wife, Francine, is everything to me. Hmm. I mean, she has been the best friend. I've never, ever really, I've never even had a, an argument with my wife, Franny. Come on. No, I'm not kidding you. I don't know why. I really mean it. I don't know why. I've never, I, I, this marriage has been so smooth. I look at her and I go, can we fight or something? Can we just, like, <laughs> fight just to make, like, we're married, like people do? We don't fight. If something comes up that's, that's you know, like a little bit of dis disagreement, mm. then I end up just going, um, you don't feel that way, on? No. I'm okay. And I move on. Whereas in the first marriage, uh, because it was so volatile, and I was younger, you know, the difference, too, is, remember, I got married to Franny in my, you know, 40, early 40s, I guess it was, and, 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 and you, you, your, your ability to approach things differently than you do when you're in your early 20s. And I think that's why people should hold off and wait and, and experience those, those uh, what I call the second years of adolescence, where you, know, you, you, you start to walk in the adult world in your 20s. And you, you, you kind of go through the same thing you went through in your infancy when you were four. You get on your knees and you go into the work world and you start to, you're a toddler. And you get through and now you've got to be acting like you're an adult, like the guy you work for who's been through hell. And now but you haven't been. You just came out of, house, out of the house where everybody fed you and took care of you or college. And, and now you're coming out and you're working and you're, you're trying. And the next thing you know, you're, you're, you're doing things and saying things you wouldn't do. In the, at the age, by the time you hit 40. So my marriage and my, my ability to be a father all happened later in, in, in time, and it paid off because um, my experiences prior to that told me this marriage is not going to go suffer. It's not going to suffer. I've been blessed with a beautiful young lady, and you just move on. And um, It's an incredible love story. If you want to hear it, you go to our website, drewmarshall.ca. Click yeah, on Tony's I picture. My, I met my wife when she was 14. Uh-huh. Now, everybody's sitting there going, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that Tony. But it, it's really a Cinderella story. You're right. It is. It's amazing. And you are a phenomenal storyteller. You told me, I still tell people the story you told me about Jackie Gleason. Oh, yeah. How do you think Jackie Gleason, if he was alive today and President Obama 
is is you know the first African American president. How do you think Jackie Gleason would be uh, responding to all this? Because there was it was a different day and age back in in, yeah, in his I, head. Yeah, I I think that like Jackie showed. If you remember that story, Jackie showed a lot of the humble side of him, and he and he came around and he actually became a very good friend and and called me every single week I was on. I think Jackie was extraordinarily intelligent. He was a larger than life character. Uh, I think he would see. The, the size of the impact that this man has on on not only the country but the world. So, mm. yeah, I think I think what's happened with uh, Barack Obama is uh, is something that America could be proud of, really, because you know I think the world is taking a look and going, they elected a black man. Mm. Wow. Maybe there really is hope. You know, yeah. with the name that sounds doesn't sound like Bill Smith. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and that alone sheds light on hope. That alone, because of the history of our country and what what we went through uh, racially through the years. So uh, throughout its history. So you know, remember, America uh, is a very young country compared to the world. You know, 200-something-odd years old. You look at China, it's 5,000, 6,000 years old, enjoying a new year now. Uh, you look at, uh, the, you know, the Holy Land and how old that goes back in time. And then you look at this little country that was, you know, was in 1492, uh, and here we are, you know. Uh, these years later, you know, very, it's like a child growing up, and I think it's finally met, it's come out of its teenage years into its adulthood. Now, you were pretty tight with about seven presidents along the, the way. I have. Know? I've been, I've worked with seven. Uh, the one I was the tightest with was the least in off, amount of years in office, but the nicest man I ever met in my life, and I, since I talked to you, I unfortunately went to his funeral, and that was Gerald Ford. Right. Um, that was, let me tell you, did I tell you a story about Gerald Ford? Can please, I get a, do I please. have time? Sure. I'm at the White House, and I'm doing a, uh, show you how humble and, a humble guy he is. And I'm doing a state dinner for him, and we're having one heck of a party at the east, at the dining room, in the east room, uh, east room at the White House, where they had the party there. And I'm doing the show. And uh, it's now like 2.30 in the morning. I'm thinking to myself, the president is still up. <laughs> and we're partying here. And and and, 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 it's, and I'm singing, and he's on stage singing with me. And so is Betty Ford and his daughter Susan, and we're having this great time. And the song is over, and he pulls me over to the side, and he says, can I ask you a question? It went to my ear. I said, yeah, he says, you're voting for me. <laughs> and I looked at him, and I, and I really wasn't at the time. Oh. And I went, he said, well, you're hesitating. He said, come with me. Have you ever been to the Oval Office? I said, oh, yeah, I make it a practice to go to the Oval Office all the time. <laughs> he says, come with me, and we walk to the Oval Office. Okay? You have to understand, I never went past the eighth grade. So you walk to the corridor as you're walking past and walking with the President of the United States into the Oval Office. It's kind of humbling. It's to the point where it, you don't feel dumbfounded. Yeah. And I sit down, and he goes, why aren't you voting for me? I said, I didn't say. He said, no, I could tell you hesitated. Why aren't you voting for me? He said, I'm embarrassed to ask you, but why? I said, well, you remember, he pardoned Nixon. Right. And I said, well, Mr. President, I, I can't pardon the partner. He looks at me, and he goes, so you're a Democrat? I said, uh, yeah, I'm a Kennedy kid. 
He said, oh, really? He pulls out, opens a drawer to his right and pulls out a button. It's a Democrat for Ford button. <laughs> and he hands it to me. He hands me the Democrat for Ford button. And he, and he proceeded to tell me why he uh, pardoned Nixon. Me. I'm all by myself. Wow. And he proceeds to tell me he didn't want to create any more cloud over the office. and He couldn't govern for the two years that he was going to be there. With this, if this was constantly on the front page, go to court, go to this, you know, I have to move on. And I looked at him and I said, you know, if you're going to sit down and talk to one vote, one American, it's so important for you, and it reminded me of what happens to me on stage. I could get a standing ovation, Drew, but if you're sitting in the front row and you didn't clap and, clap and scream and clap, and clap your hands, I'm more worried about you than I am for the 9,000 people standing up with the standing ovation. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what happened to him. And I turned to him and I said, tell you what, Mr. President, if I'm that important to you and you you're, you made a point to talk to one American that way, I'm, I'm campaigning for you. And I did. And we became very good friends. And, in fact, I was the only entertainer invited to the funeral in Washington. Wow. Mm-hmm. By the family. I'm very proud of that. I guess so. I guess so. Tony Orlando on the show with us today. I'm taking up a lot of time. Yeah, but yeah, I love listening okay. to you. And I think, are you, are you a bit of a reader as well? I am. An avid reader. You, I am. You can't be as much of a reader as Sandy Brokaw, though. No, Sandy Brokaw is, and his brother David Brokaw, uh, you know, I, I, I've never met people who are that literally. I mean, they, they, they can read. And the Sandy, if it's baseball, forget it. Oh, I know. He's gone. Now, for those of you listening who don't know who Sandy Brokaw and David Brokaw, they are my managers and and publicists, but they have been representing Bill Cosby since 19... I think 1912, yeah. and uh, yeah. and uh, really since 1975 or something like that. Yeah. And uh, they had Lou Rawls, God bless him, before he passed, and Aretha Franklin, and the Oak Ridge Boys, and yeah. Glenn Campbell, and myself—a big, big lineup of people. And we've all and Loretta Lynn, and we're all still with them. Yeah, you know, those of us who are still here are all with them, and they're great guys. And that's who we're talking about. And all they do is read. <laughs> All they do is read. Two of the most boring men I ever met. <laughs> oh man, I've just isolated that one. I'll send that over to him. No, I love those two guys. They're not boring at all. In fact, they're the most fascinating guys. And and you know, there's these two guys are the kind of guys that you say something to them, and they'll find a word you never heard of before. Yeah. And you go walking thesauruses. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. go. Wait, what? What? I remember law many years ago. The first time I heard the word symbiotic, I was I was embarrassed to ask them what symbiotic. It's a very symbiotic relationship. And I hang up the phone and go, "What the heck is symbiotic? Symbiotic." Yeah. You know. But I think Sandy would have a hard time defining what a Hungarian is. <laughs> that was Freddie Prince. That's right. Yeah. We had a company together, Freddie and I. Was uh, we were just going to start it before he died, and it was like this. Hungarian, Greekerican Productions as one word. Now you write that down, and you tell me if that wouldn't have passed the screen on both ends of your TV. You must have. You must have days where, you know, you, you miss people. You've lost some loved ones over the years. I think about uh, Freddie a lot. Yeah. You know, my relationship was very, very small with him because, of course, Freddie wasn't with the world as Freddie Prince. I mean, he was a star only for about two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. It's like nothing. And that two and a half years has such size to it that um, he was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant comedian. I mean, he really was way ahead of his time. You know, this is going to be probably a very unfair question, but who's, 
I guess who do you miss more these days? Would it be Freddie or, or your sister Rhonda? My sister Rhonda. Yeah, I, I thought you might say. I mean, she died at 21. Yeah, my sister Rhonda was my piston to my engines of life. Yeah. I mean, she taught me more than anybody. My sister had cerebral palsy, and she was mentally retarded. She didn't have she had an IQ that never surpassed an eight-month-old baby. Hmm. And, 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 you know... I, I picked up the guitar and sang for the first time to keep her happy because she loved music. That's the one thing that she loved. So I owe my career to her. She was my first audience. And when tell me, take it from me, when she didn't like a song, she let me know it. I got a good kick. <laughs> uh, and she was always laying down. She couldn't walk. She was very, very, very spastic and very, very palsy young girl. But she was amazing. I mean, um, I began to read emotions without conversation i began to look at people and pick up on their vibes because i had to pick up on hers so therefore i think it helped my ability to be a performer uh and i met a young lady that god sent us that never sinned in 21 years never never sinned never never told a lie never hurt anybody a complete angel that was born on this planet that i got a chance to share my life with no Rhonda, Rhonda Marie was the um, the the all all of my life. Well, let me just remind people, just as we say goodbye to you here, Tony Orlando and Don was recently one of sixteen inducted vocal groups this past year uh, yeah. into the Vocal Group Hall of Fame. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, check this out: along with them, Sly and the Family Stone, the Monkees, Cool and the Gang, the Traveling Wilburys. I mean, there's some there's some hot talent there. I mean, including you and Don. You know what I didn't know about us? Uh, I just talked to Telma about this with Joyce. We're very proud of this. First of all, uh, we were the first multi ethnic group to ever hold a primetime television show. Uh, 1973 on CBS in the States. That was a big thing then. That's what we're very proud of. But in terms of, uh, the, uh, according to Billboard, like the, the uh, most selling, uh, highest selling, chart, most charted group in the 70s, we came in fourth. Now, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I was shocked at that. But I guess we did have that kind of a run. And and uh, very proud of it. Let's talk about the Friars Club. That's another big honor. Yeah, that's the Cathedral of Show Business, the Friars Club. My God, they put a chair with my name in the back next to Caruso. How bad can it get? <laughs> it, hey, listen, it could be I could have gone into a building with William Hung. <laughs> you know who's great? By the way, I met for you American Idol people who may like the show is David Archuleta. And he's a, he's a oh, yeah. uh, solid kid, is he? Oh my. Oh, my God, this is the most wonderful. You know, we went to see Blue Man Group with him, my daughter, and, and, and in Vegas, and his family for his 18th birthday. And I got a chance to speak to him. And on the, my, they, my wife and my daughter, when I was working, because I couldn't we work at the same time, but this is the nicest, nicest, most humble, talented singing kid. I, I, I'm telling you, he is just the best. Yeah, I wish him the hear. very best. I I hope that uh, you listen to his new album. He's got a great voice, and he's a very talented writer. And they've actually said that uh, he would probably make it, even though he didn't come in first for American Idol, that he would probably sell more records. Well, I'm telling you, he is amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is just amazing vocalist. I mean, for a kid that age to have that kind of understanding of how... You know, it's one thing for to have a good voice, and one thing to be able to sing a melody, but when you can read a lyric... 
and you're only 18 years old, like you've lived 50 years. Yeah. Um, man, he's really special. And so are you. Thank you. Yes, very special. No, you really are. Oh, I mean, there, people say, oh, I, I get asked this all the time, of all the guests you've had over the year, you know, Kathy Lee Gifford, B.B. King, James Brown, uh, you know, wow. uh, uh, who, who have you connected with? Who have you really, and I just, I don't know, I just Thank like you. you. I really like you. I don't, know, you. I don't know why, but I really like you. But you're afraid of me. I think that's it. I'm a Greek or Rican. You haven't met one before. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, your uh, your final show here at Casino Rama is tonight. I think the uh, show starts at eight. I think there's still a few tickets available. There folks. are a few tickets available. I mean, since four thousand, I think we're close to sold out. But please, if anybody uh, just call us and see if the tickets available, you can come. I love working for you, and Drew and Melinda. Next time we come back to the area. Uh, whenever it may be, please know it's an open invitation. I'd love to see you both and have a nice little dinner and, and talk so we don't have to take up your listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to bother our yeah, listeners, yeah, do we? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that... Sit there and listen to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be amazing. We'll definitely take you up on that. Thank you. And God bless you and for all the good work that you do. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. Love your heart, man. Thank you. Same here, man. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tony Orlando on the Drew Marshall Show. Man, he's a good guy. I might start calling the Drew and Melinda show. Would you stop trying to take over Or maybe my it's show? the Melinda and Drew show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we've got some human rights violations to talk about. And then we're going to lighten things up with some good old comedy clips and then a visit from our one and only Hollywood correspondent, Carrie Pomeroli. We will be right back. A hundred yellow ribbons around the 